I think I'm having an art attack. What's up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Art Attack with your host, PH Dizzy. PH Dizzy. PH Dizzy. Lizzie D. Lizzie Dastin. <laughs> and myself, Justin Bua, artist extraordinaire. Uh, we welcome you to a very interesting time in art, in art history. A time when the digital is starting to open up into a monetized reality for both artists, creatives, and collectors. And so now what we are talking about is NFTs, which I said to Lizzie, we have to do an episode on NFTs. And she looked at me like I was insane. <laughs> I said, what's that? Tell me about it. And then I got kind of deep into the research of it and the explanation of what it is and why it matters. And it's fascinating because I see the potentiality of where it could go. And also as a historian of art that is tangible, art that you could put in the hall of a museum or in your living room, I have a lot of resistance. And I think that you are more accepting of it. So I think that this is going to be a really informative, fun dialogue because we may have some differing opinions uh, for a change. Well, and we'll see. Well, I, you know, let's, I wasn't even aware of this. I've been getting hit for months about NFTs, uh, especially in my DMs. And I just delete them because I'm like, I don't even know what anyone's talking about. So about a month ago, my friend the goon called me and said, look, you got to get into NFTs. And I'm like, was that like a charity or what, what are you talking about? It's an acronym for something. <laughs> and no, it was an acronym for non-fungible tokens, uh, which is something I had no concept of whatsoever. And like you, I deep dove into it. And at first I thought, well, this doesn't make sense. So you're, you're doing a painting uh, or a piece of music, by the way. It doesn't have to be a painting. Or a moment from sports history. You For can sure. do a lot of NFTs. Exactly. But we're talking in the art world. We're talking about, let's say, a digital painting or an analog painting that you're uploading to a digital space. And what it is is you're taking your art and you have full access to the world through one of these portals, right? Through uh, a auction site like Nifty Gateway, which is owned by the Winklevoss twins. And if you don't remember them, they were the guys that sued Zuckerberg for, I think, 60 million and then put it all into Bitcoin. And now they're worth like 12 or 15 billion dollars. So or Cake or Flow or all the other uh, all the other different portals that they have. Now, these portals and this these NFTs are running on blockchain, which is a you know digital uh, ledger that has been mined by a ton of people. That we we all we all know that the blockchain doesn't lie because there's transparency and it's decentralized, right? And so it isn't Absolutely. owned by a governmental agency, a corporation, an individual. And so I think that that is really attractive to people because mm -hmm. it seems like it's less able to be bought, corrupted, misused. Correct. Now, there are issues with blockchain. Blockchain has been hacked. Uh, you know, there, 
there's no perfect system, but I think what is nice for artists like myself is you could say, oh, I have my art. We know blockchain, obviously, from Bitcoin because Bitcoin lives on the blockchain, the Ethereum blockchain. And and these NFTs, your art, your, in essence, your provenance, your code, right, your codification, your genetic digital code lives on the blockchain. So you can't all of a sudden find a Rothko out of thin air and say, oh, by the way, I, you know, there's this new Rothko and you have, you know, Joe Authenticator over here go, yeah, that's definitely a Rothko. I'm going to authenticate that <laughs> 100% without a doubt. And then a, for, a forensic analysis, art analysis, analysis saying, yes, that's also definitely a Rothko. This, without a doubt, that's a Rothko. So at the end of the day, you don't need any of that nonsense because it lives on the blockchain. So you have a proof that it is that artist, period, point blank, end of story. And it has a genetic digital code of that for you, the artist. Yeah, and I think that that is an incredible potentiality of the blockchain and mm. NFTs in particular because it's basically this provenance, this this um, authentication of being an individual unique object that lives in perpetuity and that cannot ever be adjusted. And so if you buy something, mm. you also then become a part of that code. Mm. And whatever you bought the NFT for will live indefinitely. And then that's always going to be a part of the selling history. And it's interesting because an NFT is currently being auctioned at Christie's Auction House. Mm. And it's the first time that a purely digital work of art is being sold in this kind of old world auction exchange. And Christie's dabbled with auctioning an NFT before, but it also came with a tangible object. And so that right. was a way to kind of dip a toe into this digital space. But now they're selling a work by a renowned digital artist named Beeple. And the opening bid was for a million dollars. And that is just so insane to me or just so innovative because what does this collector actually acquire? And I think we can go into that in greater detail, but the paradox for me is that auction houses are so valued because they authenticate the object. And if an NFT is an autogenous authentication, then is it eventually gonna make the auction house irrelevant? I think that's where my perspective of disruption loves this this is where this is what i love because i think and i'm telling everybody out there i'm being very clear i'm sure some of you agree with me and some of you don't i think in many ways the galleryist the curator the auction house the museum are antiquated they've been antiquated so when i started doing poster prints and multiples you know doing offset printing and selling I don't know, 50, 100, 200,000 a year or, or millions a year. People, the gallery world that I was showing at was very disturbed by that. Cause like, yo, you can't do multiples. That's terrible. That's, you know, and I said, why? You know, if you, if, you know, my, my homeboy over here who's a school teacher and this woman over here who's got like, you know, three kids in the Bronx, she, they can't afford my, my work at the highest price point. Why can't they get a multiple of it? Oh, well, you're, you're just selling out, and that's not good. But no, it was a reach to the people. And so that's, that 
rings of what I went through in the 90s with mm. my career. It's like NFTs are finally a way to go D to C, direct to consumer. Forget about D to B. We're going right to the consumer. We're going right to the buyer. We're circumventing the pre-existing marketplace of the gallery world. You don't need a gallery. You're going right to the people. You don't need a museum. You don't need an auction house. You go to Nifty Gateway. I mean, I guess technically they're an auction house. And it's difficult to get in. But there's all these new <laughs> portals coming in. Technically, there's been people who have done it themselves through their own portals. And people are just starting to circumvent it. And it's disruptive. And so isn't that what art really is about? It's about uh, getting your work seen. That's what everybody artist wants. And, and we've been in the matrix of having to rely on these institutions that quite honestly are very antiquated and very insular ivory towers of a certain community of people. I agree, and that's why I think that it's so fascinating that the ivoriest of the ivory towers has adopted this new disruptive mode. And I think that it's really interesting that Christie's decided to sell and to promote this kind of work that eventually could put them out of business because really one of the values of the auction house is your provenance. And that's why I thought that it was sort of an interesting choice that they would subsume this kind of modality into their their wing because it makes them less necessary. But you were mentioning the power of circumventing the system. And another thing that's great about NFTs is that there's a royalty model built in. Mm -hmm. So an example of that, Basquiat, when he was selling in the 80s, mm -hmm. he may have sold a work on paper for $500 that now goes for $50,000. And when he initially sold that work, he made 100% of the profits. Mm -hmm. But every subsequent sale, he and then eventually his foundation will make nothing. Mm -hmm. And now, just like the music industry, in NFTs, there's a royalty model. So if you sell a work on one of these platforms mm -hmm. for ten thousand mm dollars -hmm. and then somebody goes back and sells it for 50 you get to program how much you want as a royalty in that subsequent sale and yeah, that happens indefinitely they're called smart contracts that's a smart contract so it's very similar to french law actually i think it's been extracted from french law because i have in my contracts that if there is a resale I'm entitled to a percentage of that resale. I don't remember if it's a five or 10%. You know, if you leave it to an heir, obviously there's no royalty structure. But that is what is so attractive about this. And this is why, there's two things I have to answer because one, you waxed about uh, Christie not being relevant anymore and kind of becoming obsolete. So why are they joining it? Because they're ultimately joining in the annihilation and the, you know, the, the end of an era in terms of the auction world. Uh, well, okay, let me answer that at, at first. So I think they have to join. I think they're, they're in a corner. They've been <laughs> cornered. There's, there's no choice. If you can't beat them, join them type of thing. Uh, and I also believe that there's so many powerful buyers, you know, a spider web of billionaires and millionaires and art collectors who can also manipulate the market in the NFT world. Let's be honest. And I think a lot of these NFT sales, uh, have a little reality check here, guys. We're in a wave. We're in a boom. We are on. We are going to crash. This is this is early, uh, early internet. This is early Bitcoin. We are going through a gold rush right now. A 
gold rush where every single artist that I know is creating NFTs. Every single musician I know is creating NFTs. We're in a bubble. And much like the real estate market, this bubble will burst. Okay, that's a fact. This is going to burst. And there's a lot of noise. I mean, you've got the crypto kitty, you know, the Pop-Tart kitty with the rainbow shooting out of its ass. You know, that went for $600,000. That's a joke. I mean, it, it, is a, it is a ubiquitous animated GIF that people know. And there's a, I guess, a slice of pipe, pop cultural iconography that is relevant to the times we live in. But we're in a bubble. That, that shouldn't be selling for, <laughs> I can, I'm saying this, that shouldn't be selling for $600,000. <laughs> but, you know, there's so many things that are going. Like right now, uh, you know, Kim Kardashian could use a Q-tip and perhaps make it into an NFT. I mean, anything or goes right now. she can sell a tweet, which people have done. But sure. I'd just like to comment on the gift that you mentioned mm -hmm. because I was thinking the a lot about that. The kitties, you mean? The which one? The crypto kitties? Yeah. Okay. That's the one with the pop tart and the rainbow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's so, silly. It's so it silly. It is. It's so silly. And I couldn't believe how much money it fetched. And I was thinking, how is that possible? And I really think that the most technologically innovative ideas come from the gaming world. Mm -hmm. And that is the aesthetic that we're seeing in NFTs now, where it mm -hmm. all kind of looks like it's coming from the gaming visual lexicon mm -hmm. and eventually it's going to become a little bit more sophisticated so sure. you talk about the bubble i think that now we're all just so excited about the concept of an nft mm -hmm. and maybe the bubble's not going to burst because then fine artists like you are going to start to imprint your own perspective on the nft and then you'll elevate the aesthetic so now it's starting to look like this video game that you would see in an arcade, but that's happened before many times historically that these technological marvels come mm. from this space. Yeah, what was the other thing I was gonna talk about? I'm so sorry. Oh, the royalties? Yes, okay, so the royalty structure, which I think was, was, was basically derived from French law because French law has very good art laws as opposed to American art laws. America doesn't really care about art, and you can see that because it's written to the copyright laws, and all the good copyright laws that are pro-artists come from France. So let's just start there. Uh, the reality is that, okay, let's say I sell a painting to Lizzie for uh, $10,000. Uh, if I go through Nifty Gateway, uh, I will get 10% of that, so I get 1000 But that's not where I'm making my money. Everybody seems to be making their money on the secondary market. The money is made when Lizzie then sells that to Leonardo DiCaprio for a million. <laughs> then I get $100,000. So, in, I yeah, I'm like, wow, that's incredible. I made it, you know, a, you know, a sale. And, and, a, and, a, and, then a, and then my resale, though, is more expensive. And then Leo sells that piece to Gagosian, you know, for a billion dollars. And you're getting 10% of that billion. And it goes on in perpetuity forever into the secondary and the tertiary markets. You're just like, whoa. And that's that is definitely unique in this space and it is it is like a different kind of royalty structure that is much more favorable to the artist and their success and that's why artists like every single graffiti artist that i know fine artist illustrator digital artist is running to this gold rush and and that's a interesting point because this is the first time besides being in the animation field or doing visual effects or being part of a, being a spoke in the wheel, that digital artists are saying, hey, 
they're recognizing us as artists. Artists that are painting on Photoshop, Illustrator, Procreate, whatever tools they're using, now they're finally getting recognized. And that's taken until this point where they can go there and an auction, some of these artists are fetching a million, two million, 11 million, 14 million. I've seen auctions just like, oh, I can't believe what's going on. Yeah, and not only are they being recognized, but I think the way digital art has been over the last couple of decades is that the price point is really low because it's so easy to manipulate. But because the provenance is built into the coding, now I think that this is going to create a huge space for digital artists to receive proper compensation that's commensurate with their work. And I just wanted to go back really quickly because we have been talking about NFT, just the two of us for a while, and so we just say NFT like it's nothing. But if it's a non-fungible token, I wondered what is a fungible token? So a fungible token is like a Bitcoin. And for people like my mother who listen to the show who don't really know what Bitcoin is, Bitcoin is a digital currency. And so Bitcoin- a decentralized to, digital yeah, currency. Yeah, decentralized, exactly. And so it's very reductive to say, but Bitcoin to a dollar bill is like an NFT to a painting. And mm. a Bitcoin is completely interchangeable. If we both had a Bitcoin, mine would be the same as yours. Mm -hmm. But a non-fungible token means that they are different, that there are variances between mm -hmm. what I own and what you own. Mm -hmm. And so it's no longer interchangeable. And that's why it's very attractive to art space, because what you create is going to be different from, from what people creates. And so even though you both exist on the blockchain, your work itself is different. So I think that that is an important distinction. And yeah, so I am excited to see what happens. And I think as a dinosaur historian, for me, where I struggle is, well, how are you going to love it? Mm -hmm. Because art for me is not about collecting. Art is about reveling in the impasto and being swept away by the iconography and the concept. And the concept is really strong here. But in preparing for this episode, I was thinking, well, how do we enjoy? And what's interesting is that in olden days, I think the way that we were able to signal our status or our mm -hmm. wealth or mm -hmm. how cosmopolitan we are is by inviting people to our homes. And then you can see the Picasso print that's hanging on your wall. But now the way that we signal is by our digital imprints and our mm -hmm. social media. And so this social space is perfectly aligned with how we express ourselves in a contemporary society. You post it up on Insta. And then people see. And so you're still able to use art as an outward signifier of your value, but it's just in a different space. It's moved from the literal to the digital. Yeah, and that's a, that's a good point. And that's a point that myself as an artist and now my clients and friends still have a hard time with. They're like, but wait a minute, how can I hang it on the wall? Yeah. And I'm like, listen, uh, art has always been about flexing. Right. Like I own a Diego Velasquez. The, the king owned a Diego Velasquez. Pope Julius II essentially owned Michelangelo's Sistine Chapel. Right. I mean, the Medici family, all, albeit banksters, you know, they owned Michelangelo. They owned Leonardo. They that was the flex that say, hey, see that incredible artist over there? I got all the shit. 
You know, it is like that's <laughs> or what at least it, one of a shit. Yeah, yeah. But that's what they did. Like, and and historically, it's always been that way. This is nothing more than another flex. Like, oh yeah, people. I got people. I got people at auction. You know what I mean? Like that. I own that. And it is bizarre because it's not tethered to a physical asset. Although that being said, there's been many auctions where you go to auction, you get the work. And part of what you get, because you can get anything, right? You can unlock a box and get a personal message from the artist, which is special. You can get a print that is tethered to the actual digital asset that the artist will send you as a physical asset. You know, Kings of Leon uh, is, is releasing an all NFT album. To me, it sounds like a, a cash play, like they're just chasing cash and that they're not, you know. <laughs> I mean, to me, this whole thing in, a, in many ways, this is why... I am hesitant to be in the space at the moment. I'm just waiting to see where everything falls. There's a lot of noise in this space. Not everybody's going to make a million dollars. And even if you do, how is that going to affect you as an artist and your brand later? These are the things to think about. Mm-hmm. And my friend Goon called me, who you know is, is incredibly successful. You know, he, he had a lot of Facebook and Snapchat, DirecTVs, and he's in a lot of markets. And you know, he said, look, just if you do it, do it right. You know, just don't just go for the quick cash grab. Everybody can make a cash grab. You could become a millionaire on this and just like people were made, you know, millionaires and billionaires on Bitcoin. That doesn't mean you're smart. It means you're lucky you were there first. But this is a this is a market that you in my opinion you should take a little bit of a beat on, really understand it, evaluate it. Don't just get in it because everybody else is. Like that's what everybody's doing. So I'm, for me personally, I'm just kicking back, seeing what's happening, enjoying the, the noise, and, and then, you know, and then we'll see. I obviously, I, I honestly think this is here to stay. I just think it's a giant wave, and we're on the, we're on the cusp of what's, what this is going to evolve into. I love that. And personally, for me, where I've landed, initially, I had a lot of resistance. And then I reminded myself that there have been so many, quote unquote, threats to traditional art. Photography was Mm. a threat. Digital photography was then a threat to photography Mm -hmm. and conceptual art. And these modes of expression are some of the ones that I find most value in. And I love all of the disruptions, performance art, conceptual art, Everything is moving away from the tether of the marketplace and dismantling the cult of the object. And so I realized that the NFTs are just a modern iteration of the types of art that I have always loved. And this doesn't have to be a threat. It is an expansion. And just because you can work in an NFT doesn't mean that you won't also paint a unique object canvas. And so you can exist in both fields Mm -hmm. and i think it's really exciting and i can't wait to see when fine artists they start to tackle this new frontier and i started out fearing it and thinking that it was a way of diminishing this art that i love so much and Mm -hmm. now i've come around and i really am looking forward to seeing the ways in which how we see art and the container of what can be art how that can be further explored well, I think that we actually agree on something then. Yeah, who knew? Because yeah, because I think <laughs> I feel like I I feel the exact same way. And 
I don't think it's going to hurt the artist. I think if anything, it gives the artist a way bigger channel, especially a way bigger channel to the uh, global community of collectors, something that artists don't always have access to, uh, which is great because the eyeballs are all there, you know, uh, in the digital space, right? They're all there, whether they're in, you know, Asia or Scandinavia or, or wherever, they're, the eyeballs are there watching what's going on in the NFT space. And you have driving forces like Mark Cuban, who's, you know, calling people a legend and, and investing time and energy and money into the space. Gary Vee, who's investing time, energy and money. A lot of people are pushing this world, both on the art and music side. So that's what it needs. It needs a lot of people who are high profile, who are collectors. And, you know, the other thing that I learned that I thought was fascinating was from your friend Veronique at Christie's. When I was talking to her, Veronique from, you know, Paris, and she's at Christie's, right? <laughs> Chagnon Burke. Yeah, so she says to me, we've had a hard time at Christie's getting Silicon Valley to open up their purse strings. And for the first time, the Silicon Valley technocrats, tech, tech guys, girls, are open to investing in digital art because it's more relatable to what they are living. And they're like, oh, wow, this is cool. This is something now that I want. Because they're not collecting Rembrandt. They're not collecting Gauguin, per se. But now, all of a sudden, yeah, maybe they'd collect people. Maybe they'd collect somebody who's a digital artist or somebody who's doing digital art. Yeah, you're right. That's a really smart point. It's a collision of the tech space and the art space. Mm -hmm. And I think that the the fission between those two environments is going to produce something really cool. And most importantly, just what you were saying, it's supportive of the artists, which yeah. is so important too. And especially artists who don't have the luxury of access to art institutions, you can be completely self-taught and you may not have the resources of a Gagosian or any of those, the tastemaker spaces, people who anoint you. You can do it for yourself and you can make money mm -hmm. and you can be properly compensated. So I think that the problematic elements of the art world, meaning it is so inaccessible to so many different types of people, mm -hmm. I think that is starting to dissolve and how exciting and it's about time. Yeah, I think this is just absolute wild west gold rush new era and we are just seeing the beginning of the possibilities just the beginning let i mean like we can end this conversation but but not too long from now we're going to have an augmented reality conversation about what's happening in that space with what i'm doing on my next painting i'm going to do some augmented reality in my next works you know and and so are so many other people there's so many new technical digital facets of this art world. It's unbelievable. Thank you, Lizzie. That was amazing. Thank you, Justin. <laughs>